So good. All right, well, let's lock and load with the time that we have. Pull out your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 3, 9. Um, if you are new here with us, we are in January, February. We're in the theme of pursuit. Everybody say pursuit. That uh, we are committing and dedicating ourselves to a new level of zeal, a new level of passion, of pursuing God and his purposes. And um, last week, we, we talked about making room for the new. And so if you go to YouTube, you can find us, City Point Church, NOCO, and uh, kind of lock in with the theme and the thread of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. But today I want to draw from 1 Samuel 3.9, 1 Samuel 3.9, and let me give you a little bit of background drop if you have never read 1 Samuel 3. So we're, we're in the days where the Bible, the Word of God was rare. You have the priest Eli, uh, his candle was burning uh, uh, dim at the moment, and his, his transition from his position was upon him. And little Samuel, Samuel, this teenager, was uh, uh, his little gopher, was, you know, was, was at his beck and call, was doing everything that he could in the temple under the priest, the man of God, for that time. And Samuel, three times, he hears the voice of God thinking it's Eli calling him. So in the middle of the night, he goes to Eli, did you call me, did you call me? Three times. Finally, the third time, the priest Eli finally recognizes what's taking place, and for the first time in a long time, the audible voice of God has spoken, and, uh, God, and Eli goes, hold on, hold on, Samuel, you need to, let's read. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again, and if someone calls, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Let's speak on the idea of freedom in hearing and obeying the voice of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word. Every heart in this place, from the front to the back, left to the right, the hearts would be completely ready to receive the seed of your word, to transform them into your very nature, to, to propel them to absolutely see the advancement of your purposes in their life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. There's a very big difference between hearing and hearing and obeying. Big difference, big difference. And I think a lot of believers fall short and abort their mission as a Christian because they don't learn the power of not just hearing, but hearing and obeying. If you're new with us, in 2000, uh, I was uh, called by God. As a 20-year-old, I was called by God. No, actually, I was 19 at the time. I was called by God to move and be uproot from Colorado and move over to Brisbane, Australia. I, I battled with double-mindedness. In that, in that day, I was very immature. I would say immature. Say a little bit with more. Immature. Yeah, you can be loud. That's okay. Uh, I, I was kind of immature in that time. And so I was a battle with double-mindedness. I took the pearl of God's voice and the seed of his word that he spoke to me, and I took it to everybody. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? So all of a sudden, my heart is clouded with all these voices opposing the voice of God for that moment. So it took me more than six months to finally make the decision 
to finally go, you know what? My calling is in Australia. I'm going to uproot, pick up, and move over to City Point, Brisbane, in Australia. Fast forward to 2015. In March 2015, I got the phone call from my brother that he was transitioning on from running this church. Um, I got the phone call, and instantly, God dropped the bomb. It's a long story, but long story short, he dropped the bomb in my spirit. I was in a pastor's meeting. I had planned for City Point Worship, uh, you know, to continue the tours around the world, to continue writing songs and recording albums, and and, man, we had this incredible two, three-year plan, all planned out, and all of a sudden, in an instant, God dropped the bomb in my spirit and said, you're going to Colorado to become the pastor of that church. In the beginning, it was six months to make the decision. In that moment, it was six hours Beck and I made the decision to lay down everything in Brisbane, uproot from Australia again, and move over to Colorado. See, there's a difference between hearing and hearing and obeying. Everybody say hearing and obeying. See, there's a difference between hearing how to get fit and constantly going for your second piece of that chocolate cake. There's a difference between hearing how to pay off debt with the snowball effect by Dave Ramsey and constantly staying up till 10, 10 30 at night having Amazon spending sprees. See, there's a difference, and Eli is in this moment where he is trying to teach Samuel, Samuel, hold on, you need to now tune in. This is the creator, this is God himself speaking to you. This is God himself trying to get your attention, trying to redirect you, trying to position you, trying to get you in alignment with my purpose and my call and my plan. Eli is saying, Samuel, you've got to respond. You need to not just hear, but you need to hear and obey. That's the thing we face with the church. A lot of believers are trapped in the prison of religion. The prison of religion is because we're, we're just dormant in the sense of hearing. We, we take in week, in, week out and week in, week in, week out. We take in the word of God and we, come, we become spiritually obese. Spiritually obese with no activation, no participation, no contribution, no outworking and serving out and, and stepping into a place of relationship of actually following Jesus and fulfilling what he's called us to do. See, the challenge with our faith is not necessarily the inability to hear God's voice. The challenge in our faith is our willingness to hear other voices. To hear the voice of fear. It's a, it's a fear pandemic. You need to understand that. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness is at work to usher in the great tribulation. The kingdom of darkness is at work planning and strategizing to bring the global political scene, big tech scene, bring the the shift spiritually to position for what the Bible prophesies. The kingdom of heaven is also positioning. God is speaking. God is preparing. God is aligning. And see, it's the voices that we are willing to hear. I was in Safeway with Becky up in Estes just last week, and uh, the spirit of fear uh, decided to be very vocal with us in the store. We're walking by, and so just so you guys know, if you are new here, uh, we, we, here at this church, we speak love and truth. Everybody said love and truth. We speak love and truth. So uh, wherever we go, we don't wear masks. We have chosen to decide not to wear masks. So 
I'm not being rude. I'm not being unbiblical. I'm being, I, I am being wise. I mean, as a church, we fog this church. We clean over this church. We wipe down the seats. I mean, I, I may spit saliva from the stage, but my saliva carries the antibodies of heaven. So it's been dispersed in the atmosphere. It brings life and life abundance. But we're in the store, not walking, walking around in masks. And this lady in a mask, I'm telling you, the spirit of fear was all over her. She started to raise her voice at a decibel level that was above anything, uh, any, any just normal conversation, probably five, six decibels above it. And she started to shout at Beck and I, you idiots, you idiots, you idiots. You're putting everybody into harm, you idiots. You come up from wherever and you, you bring your sicknesses to us, you idiots. And Becky, loud and proud, as a strain as she is, says, Ma'am, mind your own business. Same person screaming at me in Safeway is very happy to take off their mask in a restaurant when they're three to four feet away from someone else in a restaurant. Thank God I didn't have to wear a mask last night. Can I just, I, I'm sorry, I'm just getting it off my chest. I, I, I'm not frustrated. Um, Just thank God I walked into the Empower Field Stadium last night with Pastor Rick and my son, and there was no masks. 67,000 people getting back to real life. <laughs> Hear me when I say this. I speak truth and love. Hear me when I say this. The reality of COVID is real. Just did a funeral this week. Someone that part of the reason of their death was the complication of COVID. It's real. But there is a voice that we're willing to hear, to partner with, and begin to entertain. There's so many opinions, ideologies, philosophies competing for our attention and wanting to suffocate our affection for, the, for God himself and his purposes. The spirit of fear, this spirit of humanism, that's all logic and science, blaming God for rejection or brokenness or hurts and turning that blame into blaming churches and pastors. And we now face in the U.S. the two-thirds of believers now don't attend church because they have responded to another voice. Uh, hopelessness and hope. Uh, word curses. We partner with lies. Lies from our childhood. Lies spoken to us about uh, the, the uh, past relationships in our lives or whatever it is. Bitterness, resentment. All these voices, if entertained, can become very contagious, but you and I need to know there's freedom in not just hearing, but obeying God. So we have the ability to decide what influences our lives, our hearts, our ministry of how we operate on this planet. See, these voices are enemies of the heart. One of the greatest enemies of the heart is busyness. I'm not talking about necessarily a full schedule. Jesus had a very, very full schedule. Jesus was pressed upon, he was pulled upon, he was questioned, he was teaching, he was prophesying, he was healing the sick, he, was, he would walk into the wilderness and people would leave their family, their friends, their food and, and, and go into the wilderness and draw upon Jesus. But Jesus showed us how to maintain personal peace, how to protect the, the peace of our hearts so that we continually stay in, stay in a posture of alignment to receive and hear the voice of God. I believe that God is, is moving us into a place that, that he, God does not have to get dramatic and raise his voice with his body. That he doesn't have to get to a place where he has to constantly try to 
get your attention by pulling your chin and look this way that, that even though he may have to repeat himself, that his voice, you might all of a sudden uh, take something from the sermon and then go out and all of a sudden something on a billboard pops out or social media and God starts to bring confirmation and he's speaking and he's speaking just like he did with uh, Eli and Samuel where he repeated himself. I love that God will repeat himself when he's trying to get our attention. Guess what? You're, you're, you, just because of what you did three months ago or just because of how you felt or the, the divorce or the bankruptcy, that does not null and void you, that does not neglect you from actually stepping into God speaking and positioning you for his purpose. Just because it's loud on the outside. Can you believe California just called in the National Guard to man every COVID station? That's, that's a loud voice that's trying to, to spread a blanket across our globe, this voice. But just because it's loud on the outside doesn't mean it has to be loud on the inside. Proverbs 4 is very clear that we are to watch our heart, guard our hearts with all diligence. Do you realize the sting of any circumstance cannot and will not, should not steal your joy? No matter what the circumstances is, that the Lord is inviting us into this healthy examination, this place that we are maintaining the right posture of attitude so those attitudes doesn't become a behavior and doesn't become a, a sinful pattern in our lives that we're constantly triggered in aligning ourselves and partnering and entertaining with these voices, the voices of pornography, the voices of lust, the demonic, treacherous voices that are trying to cripple and distort and destroy and ultimately kill God's plan and his purpose. Your, your life absolutely depends on the voice of God. His voice is what makes the word of God come alive. It activates the word. It puts flesh on the very scriptures you read. His voice it says, man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Or I say proceedeth. There's some King James words that I just love using. Proceedeth. Proceedeth. The, the voice of God it's faith come by hearing. It's, it's so, in a sense, it's not our inability to hear the voice of God, but it's our willingness to partner, to entertain with the other voices in this world. I want absolute surety that I can maintain and live a life that Jesus did, protecting my heart's peace, but ensuring that the voice of God, whether it's a loud, dramatic voice, a dream, a vision, or a still small voice, that I'm ready and in position. God wants you ready and in position to receive what he's about to speak. I love it. I love it. God has so much to share. So much to share that we need to stop emphasizing our inability, our weakness to hear the voice of God. We need to be, it would be wiser to emphasize his ability to speak. Oh my gosh, if we're stepping into a season of maturity, you want God to speak, go to his word. If you want to show me you love Jesus, show me that you love his word. Show me that he's already spoken everything that you want him to speak besides clarity and detail of your address, of your phone number, and give you confirmation from a word of knowledge. But he wants you to go into his word and find out that he is emphasizing, come on, I'm ready for you to receive what I'm speaking and position you to step into what he can do. Samuel was willing. He was available. He responded. If I could have the keys out, that would be awesome, Joe. Turn with me to Luke 8, 14. Talking about protecting our heart's peace. This whole parable was about the parable of the sower. Um, we could teach all day, every day, for 24-7 on this one parable. But just 
Luke 8, 14 breaks down some of the power of what takes place when we allow these voices to come in and stifle, to halt the growth and maturity that God wants to do in our lives. It says this, the seeds that fall into the weeds represent the hearts of those who hear the word of God, but their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of this world, and the fleeting pleasures of this life. Choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of this world, and the fleeting pleasures of this life. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. So in other words, you have a few, a few things taking place here. You have the soil, which the soil is the condition of our hearts. You have the seed. The seed is God's word. So in other words, he's talking about a seed. So a, a, a kernel of corn, a seed of corn, the same DNA that's in that corn is the same DNA that's in the corn that was buried and died in the ground to produce. So in other words, Lord Jesus is that seed. He was put into the ground to die and now was raised again. And now his spirit carries the absolute potential of heaven to bring total transformation to your life, the capacity to step in, to be transformed in the fullness of who Jesus is. The seed, this powerful seed, James 1.20 says this, for human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct that we, that we abandon. We stop letting these voices rob us. Stop letting them rob our joy, our peace. Stop letting them rob our relationships. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature, the, con the condition, the soil of our hearts, for the word of life, I love this, has the power to continually deliver us. Oh my gosh, has the power to continually deliver you that you do not have to remain stuck, stuck in an addiction. You don't have to remain stuck in a trigger of constant anger. You don't have to remain stuck in, 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 in a poverty mindset. You don't have to remain stuck in a, in a surface, shallow Christianity. Oh, but you can step in to the total transformation of the seed of the word of God. Oh, can you, can I just, oh, if you could just get a passion, a new passion for the word of God this year. To, to, to position you. Eli said to Samuel, just, just get right, just get ready. Just position yourself, get ready, get, get ready. Man, throw me your, your Bible. You have a Bible? Throw me your Bible. Don't drop, I caught it. I played football. I was a free safety, it's awesome. Turn to Job, one, awesome. <laughs> Raise your hand if you read Job. It's, it's, it's painful. <laughs> but we have the potential. Every single moment of every single day, you gotta understand the most powerful thing in all creation is the word of God. And what happens is, is when we allow these other voices to come in and the anxious cares, the, the riches of this world, the fleeting pleasures, they come in, they come in, they, they, they begin to steal from the, the nutrients of the Word of God that's in the soil of our hearts. 
So God's seed is being planted in your heart right now. The Holy Spirit speaking, it's, it's actually phenomenal. Sometimes afterwards, like a week later, someone comes up to me and they go, man, your message was so awesome last week. And they start to describe the message. And I'm like, that isn't anything what I spoke. Do you want me to send you the notes, man? I didn't use that scripture. I didn't use that thought. I never used a quote like that. But the Holy Spirit had another plan. But the, there's nothing, there, the enemy wants to come in. So if, if you drop a, a kernel of corn seed into soil that has a weed, that weed is going to start to compete for both the nutrients, but eventually if that, if that kernel of corn does sprout up, it's now going to compete for sunlight to try to rob the growth and halt the true transformation of what that kernel of corn was called to become. So it is, it is utmost of that, that we stop allowing these inferior seeds to come against the eternal seed. This eternal seed that when God speaks, you gotta understand Jesus stood before the crowd and he said it's, about, it's time to change your mind for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, he spoke the word and when he spoke the word, there's a weightiness that comes upon the word. There's a weightiness that every mind in that atmosphere, in that moment is changed. That's the power of the word of knowledge. That's the power of prophecy. Prophet, I, I stood in a, pro, a prophetic class for six months and she said, verbatim, one day you will speak more than you sing. And I denied her, I rebuked her, I went away praying and crying, said I will never speak more than I sing. But man, that word at the age of 18 stuck in, in the soil of my heart. God was able to water it, God was able to birth something from it and guess what 21 years later I'm speaking far more than I am singing the reality is as God wants to sow a seed the Bible says that the Holy Spirit declares the future to you he carries the seed of eternity a very significant seed in the Word of God but it comes now to not just hearing but hearing and obeying hearing and obeying you know, comfort has a voice. Comfort's gonna challenge what you're hearing today. Convenience is gonna challenge what you hear today. It's gonna come in and it's gonna weasel its way. A, a, a burdensome uh, breakthrough that hasn't happened yet is gonna challenge you after you walk out of these four walls and, and I, we haven't seen the breakthrough we want in our marriage. We haven't seen the, 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 the answered prayers here and there. These voices are gonna come in. They're gonna try to suck the very life out of the nutrients of the soil that God's word is trying to produce in your life. And so many people, the, the word of God comes in seed form. And so many people abort what God's doing because they don't see the full measure. Do you know how many people have aborted this church in the last six years? You know how, how, many, how much church shopping I've seen in the last six years? What I'm saying is that we need to see the fullness. I don't see this. I don't see this room. I, I don't, I, I, I can't. Pastor Rick and I are looking at Bronco Stadium. I'm like, now this is church. This, this is church. Rick just keeps going like that. We could put the stage over there. Make sure that the screen is available to us right here. Yep, and we just make sure it's all happening and it'd just be amazing. Could you imagine, you know, just Billy Graham days, just this massive revival would be awesome. I don't see this seed of 270 people in this cooking, cooking in this room. 
see it. I see a church that is going to hear the word of God and then respond in obedience because humble obedience, if we make a commitment to humble obedience today, humble obedience is going to be your greatest key to unlocking growth in Christ. My son now stands one inch, probably less than an inch, right, Jai? Less than an inch from me. Almost, what? You're, you're bigger? But growth, when healthy, is inevitable. There's a statement that says a healthy church grows. Spiritually speaking, growth is inevitable if we protect our hearts, protect the peace, weed out any of those voices, and allow God and the, and the power of God and the obedience, the, the humble obedience. Let me just tell you, you want to you taste and see that God is good? It's in the step of obedience. It's in the step of obedience when you lay hands on the sick and they're healed, when you pray for the tormented by the demonic and all of a sudden that demon leaves and there's just a glow about their face. There's something that profound that, that, that takes place and when we step in, we say, come on, because obedience is what unlocks the abundance of God's voice and his call for our lives. It unlocks the very abundance of heaven. Obedience, the step of moving in to what God's called us to do. John says this is that John says that uh, Jesus spoke these words he said to his disciples they're at the three and a half year part he's about to walk the treacherous path of Calvary and he, and he actually says these words he goes oh my gosh my disciples there's so much that I want to say to you there's so much that I want to say to him but you cannot bear them yet that means, man, God is speaking. He doesn't want to stop speaking. He wants to keep dreaming with you about your business. He wants to keep showing you the dominion that you possibly could have as a family, as, as you raise generations of, of revivalists, as you move into a place of, of, of seeing God uh, forge his way through what we call a deemed a blue state. It's no longer a blue state. This state is covered in the blood of Jesus. Colorado belongs to Jesus. Jesus reigns in Colorado. And there's no devil that has taken the authority. No, I have got the keys. Jesus has personally handed them to me and now I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to talk it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to shout it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to believe it. And guess what? I'm going to be sold out for it. But you have to position yourself to hear. As I wrap up, Luke 8, 18, I think, I think it is, goes on to say, Take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Then it goes on to say, for those that have will be given more, and those that don't have, it'll be taken from them. So in other words, what God is saying in this parable, that if you are, if you are willing to guard your heart, to protect the peace, so that those weeds of the care, anxious cares of this world, another word for cares is a divided mind. A fractured, a, imagine a, a fractured table and you're trying to put a bunch of weight on it. It's just going to break. God's word wants to come upon you and give you destiny, but it's just going to snap. It's just going to break. It's not going to be able to hold. These anxious cares, this, the riches of this world, the fleeting pleasures of life, 
But God's saying, take heed how you hear, because guess what? How you hear the word of God is directly related to how you open the door to increase. How you hear the voice of God, and not just hear, Samuel, respond. Tell God when he speaks, tell him, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I love it. I love it. The increase, the quick increase that came to Samuel's life. And that's 1 Samuel 3. Instantly, directly after, God's telling Samuel, he starts to download, I have a word for Israel. I want to get this word out to Israel. I want to, I want it to reach Israel. I want to change the trajectory of Israel. I want to maneuver my kids, my people, my children. I want to do what I and only I can do. I need you to speak. I need the people to know that God is now speaking, that the word of God is no longer rare, that it's in a man. It's in the moment. It's in the time. Thank you, Jesus, and the blood of Jesus that you built the bridge, not only for a priest or a prophet to hear the word of God, but now I, a, a just a sinner, a wretch like me can now hear the voice of the Spirit of God and I can move in the power of God and he's saying, come on Samuel, position yourself. Guess what? 1 Samuel 4.1 says this, and the word of Samuel went out to all of Israel. The increase. The increase. Take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Because what you value, what you, if you value the voice of God, you will attract. You will attract. See, revelation attracts revelation. Radical laid down lovers of Jesus attract radical laid down lovers of Jesus. Maybe you came through an invitation hearing that there's a crazy, crazy, long-haired pastor. Skinny jeans. Screams but they love Jesus. Let's stand to our feet as we conclude. Before we pray, I want to say these words. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I want to say to you, take heed how you hear. My friends, we're in a day you do not want to neglect or turn away an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You want to walk out of these doors with the surety that your eternity is secure, that your hope is anchored in Him and Him alone. Let me tell you, there's no drug, there's no drug that will lead you to bliss, to happiness, Alcohol will only lead you down the path of destruction. I'm telling you, you cannot do it on your own. Humanity has tried. Look, look across the globe. We're trying to do it on our own. Our nation has turned from God. I remember the day when they, they, they stopped prayer in schools. I was in sixth grade. The day we stopped lifting up the name of Jesus and honoring God, my friend, on the door of your heart, don't waste another moment. It's so simple, it's beautiful, it's a gift, it's a precious gift from Jesus. That if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. 
You don't have to roam this earth double-minded and wondering, am I saved? Is God calling me? No, when you give your heart to Jesus, when you radically surrender everything to Jesus, you begin to hear his voice. For those that are saved in this room, you repented, you confessed, you prayed, you worship, you lift your hands. Guess what? You heard the voice of God. It's real. And he's speaking today and he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, my son, my daughter, will you come home? Yes, you need to repent. Turn from your ways. Change your thinking. Look to Jesus. Follow him saying, come on, God, I want you. I want you and all of you. I want your purposes. Every eye looking this way on the the count of three, I want you to make the boldest decision, even amongst people. The Bible says, if you can confess me in front of others, oh, if you don't confess me in front of others, I don't know you. Man, today, if we could be a build a, a, a bold church. So that's you on the count of three. If you want to receive Jesus on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. From the front to the back, left to the right. In this place, I'm going to make sure everybody has had an opportunity to receive Jesus. Awesome decision right here. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Online. Online, if that's you. Come on. It's, it's a decision to stop playing tug of war with your will, with your flesh, your wants, your desires. What do people think of me? It's that, it's that ability to say, no, Jesus, I surrender it all right now. Come on, just a few more seconds. That's you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this moment. Bow our heads and close our eyes. Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the hearts. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but maybe that you opened your heart and you're saying yes to God right now. We're about to say a prayer. But Lord, I just pray that you, you, you posture our hearts and position us and ready us, Lord, to, to pray this prayer and declare and confess that you are Lord. So church, I want you to pray that Jesus, I surrender everything to you. I stand here today before all these people and confess that you are Lord, that you are Savior, that you have forgiven me, that you love me, you have a purpose and plan for me. I declare, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and my shame. I believe you rose again, defeating death to give me eternal life. From this day forth, I boldly declare, I am a child of the living God in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise.